The scripture for this morning is your first of the 40 stories, Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 2. This is long, so hang on with me. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was a, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind, on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. Bless you. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be signs for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the... Whoa, 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 wait a minute, I lost my place. My page jumped. So I'm going to start that part over. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day and the night. And, and let them be signs for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made... The two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creatures that move and every, of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image, in the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have food, have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all of their multitude, and on the seventh day God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. 
These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Will you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and minds be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Pastor Ryan got me back, I think it was like October or November, and asked if I could preach this Sunday. Because he knew he was going on vacation a long time ago, so he wanted to be set up and ready. But about a month and a half ago, he sent me a text message going, Hey, it's the first Sunday in Lent, but guess what? We're not doing the Lent text. I said, Okay, what are you doing? And he sent me the first three stories on this, on this list. He said, You can preach on creation, Abraham and Sarah, or Hagar, Hagar and Ishmael. And I went, mm, Okay. Maybe I'm busy that Sunday. <laughs> but I thought I'd do the creation texts for, for a couple different reasons. Um, this probably won't be hard for many of us, but I want you to forget what we just read. And then remember, I've, I've been here before, so I've preached to you all before, but some of you might be new, you might not have been here when I was here. My sermons are interactive, remember? I ask questions, you're supposed to answer. Yes. So, I like this. So tell me about creation. What happened in creation? God made things. How did God make things? He spoke. Does it tell us anything else? What are the order things were made in? He made the earth. Was here's here's an interesting question to this whole thing. Was was there anything here before God created? There was water, right? I said forget the reading, but did you listen? Then when I read the reading, it said in the beginning the earth was a formless void, and 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 God and God's spirit moved over the water. Where the wind moved over the water, right? That's, that's where we get into trouble as Christians because the word in Hebrew that means wind is ruach. It's a real fun word to say. Um, ruach. It also, it's wind. It's also breath. It's also spirit. So we get into trouble as Christians because we want to read Genesis to say that the Father was there in the beginning and the Spirit moved over the waters. Well, we have to also remember that this is an Old Testament story. This is a Hebrew scripture story that we have taken to be our own as Christians. Um, it doesn't necessarily, we read our Christian God into creation. That's not the way the Jewish people read the scripture. So to honor the Jewish heritage of the people that we get the scripture from, we should honor the fact that this is the wind and maybe not the spirit. But it says that there's water. And the wind is blowing over the water. And God at that point then separates. Separates what? He, he, he separates light from dark. And what did he do to, to separate light from dark? He spoke and he separated the light from the darkness. Did he do anything else? Like, 
When was the sun created? The fourth day. So where is this light coming from? But isn't God always with us? So would there be a separation then of light and darkness? The, the point I'm trying to get at here is that I want to bring up something as an as a interlude here. One of the songs we just sang, we actually just sang it for communion. Um, I just forgot what song it was. <laughs> Come Thou Fount. Um, the second verse of Come Thou Fount. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Does anyone here know what an Ebenezer is? The guy from that play. He's that Scroogey guy that doesn't have any feelings. No. That, that's a good answer, but I have to say it's wrong. <laughs> What's an Ebenezer? How many times have you sung this song and said that verse and have no clue what an Ebenezer is? I remember this song. I remember this song, and I, and I remember what an Ebenezer is because when I sang this song before going to seminary, 20-some years ago. My pastor at that point in time, when I was playing with him, kind of like this morning, it made me want to stop in the middle of the song. He actually stopped after he said, here I raised my Ebenezer one Sunday morning and said the exact same thing I just said to you. Does anybody know what an Ebenezer is? And then explained to us what an Ebenezer is, right? I looked it up just to make sure. The etymology of the Hebrew Ebenezer is a stone of help. It's from the application of, of Samuel who set up a stone because God helped him do what he needed to do. Right? So, here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I come. It's all about us knowing who is there for us to help us all the time. Right? So, back to Genesis. We all have in our minds some conception of how creation actually happened, how things all went into being. A lot of that has to do with the way that we were raised or the things that we were taught as younger children if we went to Sunday school, right? You heard these stories over and over again about how God created all of these things. And, and we get told that God created out of nothing. Well, there's, if, you read the, if you actually read the text, there's at least water there. So that's something. The other thing that is not, not completely aware to everyone is the fact that the book of Genesis, the very first letter of the book of Genesis, is a bait in Hebrew, which is the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Which, does that mean anything to you? This means no, this means yes. Probably not, except for the fact that if you read... The, the Jewish scholars that talk about this text and in the, the way that it starts with that letter meaning to them that something came before this. Something that we don't know came before this. Of course, we could say that that's God, right? God was before creation. But we get this story that we think we know and we read over it fast. And we've learned details about this story over our lifetime that were probably right at the time that we learned them, but maybe not exactly the way that things were supposed to happen. 
And we, and we learn these things. Like, we, like, I always read that story in the first day God separated the light from the darkness, that that was the creation of the sun and the, and the moon. Well, that doesn't happen until day four if you actually continue to read. In, in our version of the creation story that we read this morning, God creates humankind in his image. Male and female, God creates them. Right? We don't get the, the whole creation of how was woman created? From the rib. From the rib. You know that's a bad translation? That's not our story, so we're not going to get into that. Right? I mean, that's not a part of what we just read this morning. Right? There's two creation stories in Genesis. There's Genesis 1, 1 through 2, 4a, and then there's 2, 4b through the end of chapter 2. They're two separate creation stories that tell the same story. In that second story, we hear that God created the human. Right? It actually says male, but the word there is human, not any kind of gender at all. God created a human and then found that the human had no one to be with. So God caused the human to fall asleep and did something to the human and then created another human. And it sets up a dichotomy that we shouldn't ever have. Because both stories tell us that God created humankind in God's image. Male and female, God created any part of that spectrum God created them. That's what the story tells us. And this story is chock full of things that we think we know, but we get wrong. And the reason I wanted to preach on this this morning is, is to, not to bash down what we've learned in Sunday school, which is really what it sounds like I'm doing, or to tell us that everything that we've learned coming up to this point is wrong, which it's not. But there's a lot of things that we're told and a lot of things that we come to believe and a lot of things that we stake our faith in that sometimes we may find out aren't necessarily what God wanted us to have faith in. And is that a bad thing? It really depends on your state of mind at that point. <laughs> but no, it's not. Here I raise my Ebenezer, my stone of help. Because I know no matter what I believe or what I put my trust in, that no matter what happens, I can always put my trust in God. Because Genesis tells us who created everything, not actually how it was done, right? It says God was there and God spoke. Well, there's a lot behind that speaking that science has told us is the way things happen. See, Genesis is not against science. Genesis doesn't tell us how things were created. Genesis tells us who created everything and, and tells us who is always going to be for us no matter what happens. So the things that I think you should learn from the creation story is that God loved you so much that he created all of this so that you could have a place to live. And then in, on top of that, God created you to put you into that place so that you could know who God is. And know how much God loves you. That's what this story tells us. Does that make sense? Yeah. You buy that? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> These forty stories this next over this next forty days with y'all, I I might have to come back just to see how Pastor Ryan and Angela 
handle this and lead you through these stories. Because um, it's a great undertaking to think about rereading the stories that we know and actually seeing them for what they actually say and understanding how that makes us who God actually created us. So my invitation to you over these next days of Lent is to read these stories and come to these gatherings with open hearts and open minds and know that even if you hear something different from what you learned, that that doesn't mean what you learned was wrong. It means what you learned was what we knew at that time. And now we've grown. And that's what all of us need to do, to, to continue to be who God created us to be and to live out who God has made us to be in a world that needs God's love and mercy. So go out for these 40 days knowing that God created you in love and loves you everywhere you go and wants you to share that love with everyone you see.